Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, we have a special treat for you guys uh, today on the podcast here at Sports Day Tampa Bay. I had a chance to sit down with Rondé Barber, who is going to become one of the newest members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. His induction is on Saturday, number 363. As a matter of fact, think about how long there has been football, pro football, uh, not just the National Football League, but pro football in this country. And only uh, for Rondé, he's one of 363. That was his number. But less than 400 men of all the people that have played in the some hundred and something years of this sport um, have made it to Canton, Ohio, and he's one of them. Uh, so in, in my talks with him, of course, you're aware that he's a twin, his twin brother Tiki was running back for the New York Giants. And, and actually, uh, it's interesting because even though Rondé was the, the first one born, Tiki sort of led the way uh, through everything they kind of did up to a point. Um, but them you know, being drafted by different teams, how it shaped their attitudes, uh, their interests, and, and their careers. And Tiki going to New York with lots of opportunities, including the TV and Today Show, things like that. Rondé, who was just here as a grinder, didn't play at all as a rookie, really. Uh, and then and now he's going to be on the steps of Canton, Ohio. So terrific interview. Uh, really enjoyed it. It's part one of a two-part uh, interview with the newest member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame from the Buccaneers, cornerback Rondé Barber. Now, you guys already know it's hurricane season in Florida, but there's still time to keep the power on without breaking the bank. That's getting solar battery backup power from May Electric Solar. With solar battery backup power, there's no fuel cost, no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance cost. Plus, May Electric Solar offers a 15-year warranty. Solar battery backup can save you hundreds of dollars each month. And if you lose power, a generator could cost you over $2,000 a week just to keep your house running. New solar battery backup systems qualify for a 30% tax credit or you can add a battery to your existing in-phase solar system. Trust the pros in solar. To learn more about May Electric Solar Battery Backup, get started and call 727-819-2862, or you can visit mayelectricsolar.com. Whirlwind, you've been to Canton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, we can go back even before that. I mean, I don't know how much, uh, you know, it wasn't the greatest kept secret in the world. When, when you got the knock on the door, but that aside, you, you know, you got your teammate there. And right. I don't know how that all went down. It went down, but it was, it was still good. So from the time you learned, however you learned, but from the time you learned, like, what have been the things that have been the most, I don't know, surprising, enjoyable? Uh, uh, how's it, how's it changed you to this point? You, you know, you still got to stand up there and, and get right. the bust and the, you know, the, the, the best is yet to come. Right. Right. But um, to this moment, like, what is that sort of... Well, the immediacy of the moment, mm-hmm. when I first found out, mm-hmm. the most enjoyable thing was open up a 
20 year old pappy. <laughs> there you go. And uh, that my buddy Paul gave me. There you go. He gave it to me actually, uh, anecdotally here. He gave it to me uh, when I got to the Bucks Ring of Honor. And he's like, mm. congratulations, we're not opening this until you get, until you get your next jacket. Okay. Cool. You know, sitting on my shelf for five staring years. At five for five years. years. <laughs> yeah. Staring at me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, in the immediacy of it, it was that. And spending yeah. time with, obviously, my wife and those guys was pretty awesome. But, yeah. um, it got real for me. Um, firstly, when I started writing a speech, because yeah. I, I, I don't know if you know me. I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> Only because I like to feel pressure, right? Um, you do best work. You're like I, me. Yeah. yeah. Literally. I, and I don't say that because I thought about it. Like, since February or March, like, I start my speech. No, I don't want to start my speech. I don't want to be done with my speech in March. I want to, yeah. I want to feel it. When yeah. I'm getting finished and tying up right before I go. Which mm-hmm. and, and it, I've been done with it for a month. Mm-hmm. But when I started writing my speech, like, say, two months ago, um, that started feeling real. Mm. Um, and then imagining yourself right up there, up there reading it, doing, doing right? it. Yeah. As, you, as you're writing it, you're stopping, yeah. you're reading it, kind right. of out loud. You know, right. Like, what's this going to, how's this? What's my emotion going to be? Right, right. Line. Do I get caught? There, if I get caught, it'll be when I talk about my mom. Yeah. Um, that's what I figured. Yeah. She's a, she's a stud. She's a breast cancer survivor. And there was moments in in college where we were just like, what the fuck on mom? Yeah. Uh, and now, you know, she's been clear for 30 plus years, but it's, you know, learned a lot from her. With yeah. How she dealt with it, her adversity. Mm-hmm. Not just that, but just life. Life. Is, yeah. Right. Um, so that'll be, if there's a part that I get tied up. Um, um, but when I finished the speech, um, it was like, now what? <laughs> yeah. that, I, that was my only responsibility because Claudia did partying, you know, yeah. party planning, invites, all you know, all the yeah, stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, you know, the the stuff that people are going to come enjoy. Mm-hmm. My only responsibility was the speech, and so when I was done, I was like, wow, now it's just like this waiting game. Mm-hmm. And literally, you probably saw it like a week and a half ago when the jacket came. Yes. Uh, I was, that's when I, I texted my buddies and I said, it's real. Like, mm. it's scripted inside, it's my jacket. I'm, I'm now. One of 300 and whatever 71, yeah, one of 371. What's uh, your number? 363. 363. Yeah, it's a good number. Right here. Oh, yeah. Well, what looking at it. Yeah, 363. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's here. I feel it. I'm, and, uh, and I'm ready for the moment. I think you know me well enough. Moments don't bother me. No. Um, I think but I'm, you're excited. You're ready. You're yeah, excited, I'm excited for, for the moment. I'm like mm. it's not like a super, you know, going to play in the Super Bowl. Right. You know what's going to happen. Right. I know what's going to happen, and um, I'm just I'm ready for it. I'm excited. So let's talk about how you got here a little bit. And we've done this in the past, but like I'll go I'll go way back if you want. Right. I mean, what's interesting to me, and, and of course, you know, you and your brother Tiki, who's going to present you right mm-hmm. with the video or whatever they do. Um, it, it's a story unto itself, right? There's Ronnie Barber, and then there's these two brothers with your mom coming, yeah. you know, f- the way you did to the NFL, and, and the way these two paths, right. you know, did this the whole way. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, like, how much reflecting have you done? I mean, because 
first of all, it's hard to separate right. anyway, but he goes to New York. Have you read my speech? No, but he goes to New York. Oh, no, I haven't. He goes to New York, and school, that shapes him mm-hmm. in the way New York would shape yeah. a guy like you right. or him, Is in that now it's a... You know, a global consciousness, there's there's the, the, everything you do, the spotlight, it's right. the giants, and he hits it, bam. Right, right. You know, 2,000-yard guy, yeah. right? Like, he's a star in the biggest media market in the world. Right. Meanwhile, Rondy over here can't get on the field because right. Herm won't play yeah, or whatever. Right. So Wasn't ready. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just – maybe you got an extra year out of that. I'm yeah. just – I'm just curious, like, do you look at, at, at those two sort of paths of of shaping both of you the way it did in that, uh, you know, who you are growing up in this community versus his other interests going sort of away from football at a point? Yeah. And they play a different position, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that dude yeah. was, a, was a beast, right. you know, early on. And you were kind of like, you went to his Super Bowl right. out here at right. Tampa of all places. Right. So how much did that, how much do you think about how, you know, yeah. those shaped you guys. Have you guys talked about that? Yeah, we, we actually, back then, we talked about it a lot. Yeah. Um, it was constant conversation. Sure. Um, but I think if if you're trying to big picture it, 30,000-foot yeah. view of it, yeah, yeah, it happened that way because that's the way it always happened with us. <laughs> um, high school, Tiki, yeah goes right in high school. Tenth grade was high school for us. So ninth grade was still junior high. Gotcha. Tiki goes right in high school, starting running back. The running back that they had the year before moved him to quarterback so Tiki could play running so back. So he could play running back. And I'm uh, sitting on the bench. So I'm just guy. I'll be I'll be there eventually. <laughs> guy. You got this. Right, you got this. And literally Guy gets hurt midway through that year. This guy he was actually another twins guy named Todd Dowd. He was a really good athlete. Um gets hurt I go and play safety, um, all of a sudden all state safety, all times on safety, Jesus. whatever. And so it was a slow start, but caught up quick. Right. Just I just I just I caught up quick. Yeah. College the same thing. Tiki's not redshirted. He's second string running back of Played as a true freshman for Plays as a true freshman. I get redshirted. I wasn't ready, but I, he gets redshirted. Or I get redshirted, he plays. And the next year I lead the nation in interceptions. All ACC rookie, the rookie. In your first season, first season, first year playing. But playing, yeah. So I, I caught caught him real quick. Mm-hmm. So like the conversation about some of that mm-hmm. really kind of what happened in the pros as well in mm-hmm. the NFL was. I always had constant motivation, right? He was doing something well. I needed to do something well. So you kind of is natural competitiveness yes. between brothers. Yes, and, and it wasn't like I needed to be better than him. I was right, just right, like, right. Well, if he's doing that, I, need I to, can do it. I can do that too. Mm. I need to be there too. Uh, and it's 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 weird how it paralleled on all, so many levels because um, mm-hmm. he always seems to do things first, <laughs> except for who was born first, me. <laughs> <laughs> Because you gave him the rest right. of that. Right? I gave him the rest of it. And then until I hit my, obviously, my biggest successes uh, and started making all pros, right. pro bowls before him. Right. Uh, and obviously, it rebounded and went the other way because now he's like, well, Ferrandi's an all pro. Well, I got to be an all pro. I got to match him. Right. And it's, it, it's not conscious, but right. there's something inherent about us of being twins uh, and wanting to do things the same. Right. Uh, even though different, but wanting to do things the same, mm-hmm. that puts us in the 
position to be as, as successful as we were. It's 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 an odd. I can't explain it because I don't know what it's like not to have that yeah. in my life. Yeah. Um, it's like when people say, "What's it like?" But neither of you guys were surprised by the other success no. because that's just what you were, no, that, right? That was those. That you was, knew if he could be successful, right. or or he knew if you could do that. Right. That was our expectation of ourselves. Yeah. And it just it just compounded itself into mm-hmm. you know now me being in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Tiki's got a Hall of Fame argument. I mean, not, not that running backs are worth anything anymore. <laughs> Game was different then. They just don't value them. Well, mm-hmm. they, I mean, t- off just offshoot yeah. here. Tiki, Fred Taylor, yeah, Fred Dillon, all those guys. John Alexander. I mean, there's a thousand of them. Not a thousand. There's a dozen of them. Mm-hmm. They're just like don't even get mentioned anymore. So, but um, yeah, I'm here now. So, but he didn't play as long. Yeah, and he. Came a point where the, he had other opportunities and right. other interests right. in the Today Show or right. whatever it was. Right. And he was sick of his the, coach. Yeah, and he was sick of his coach. Right. And he was just beat up and he just couldn't do it anymore. The position got him. Right. The position got him. And I think if he would have been, like, if he would have been in here, like, if he would have been, been smarter, Gruden, right? Right. If he would have been working with Gruden or somebody like that, like, knows how to use backs, we're not going to give him 30 touches maybe every single game, yeah. you know, just maybe five games a year when you really need him. <laughs> <laughs> He's still going to rush for 1,200 yards. Yeah. Um, um, you know, maybe he would have played longer, but he was just beat up and done. And uh, he, yeah. he, he, like you said, he had other opportunities. He had big opportunities. Yeah. I mean, he'd been doing TV in New York since. Oh, yeah. Since his third year and in, in, in maybe second year in, in the league. So, like, yeah. it was just screaming for him to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he did. Why did you play so long? You uh, could number one, but I'm just I couldn't because uh, I love football. Yeah, uh, and I loved where I what I had become. Yeah, I was I had a fascination for what I was what I was doing, and it, and by the time he retired in 2006, mm-hmm. like I didn't feel anywhere close to being done, <laughs> like at all. Uh, and and obviously I wasn't. I played six more years. Right. Um, but. It was also I was in a very good situation. I talk about that in my speech too. I was in a fantastic situation with relationship with the ownership here. Yeah. Um, all my coaches had been really kind of the same line mm-hmm. until until Shiano. Mm-hmm. It was the same line of kind of guys, mm-hmm. um, and I was invested heavily emotionally into to not only me to them but them to me. Yeah. Um, benefited. Probably, I don't know if we've talked about this, but benefited probably by the fact that Sapp left and played in Oakland and John, John left and played Denver. four more years in Denver. And so it's like maybe we should hang on to the next Hall of Fame? Maybe we should hang on to a guy. Uh, I, I do not doubt that at all. That mm-hmm. they, they, they regretted they it probably at some I think, level. I think a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, they were each different cases. But right, right. Uh, well, yeah, John had the medical, the neck thing, medical yeah. issue. But I think yeah. like Sapp going and like having a double-digit sack yeah. here in Oakland, you're just yeah. like... It's our guy, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and I don't really know that he, it was even like financial constraints. But right. for, for me, um, I remember. Uh, I don't know if this was directive by the by the by the Glazers, or I remember when um, Bruce Allen signed me to a contract. I was thirty-one years old. It was a six-year deal. I was thirty-one years old. It was just like where that. I mean, it was a total six years. It was not, two years. Not four years. It doesn't happen, right? <laughs> and it was my most lucrative contract. I made the most money starting at, at 30, 31 years old. Um, 
So, and, and he told me, I mean, obviously he ended up leaving, but he told me, he's like, you're going to play here as long as you want to. Jesus. And I was like, okay. So that, there was motivation on that, on that regard, but I, I felt like I was productive, man. And I, and I loved my teammates, even when we got really young. Yeah. That, that, that year. That was rough. That was rough. That was rough. Right. That, that year, if there was every year I was considering leaving, it was that year. Yeah. It was after year 12. Yeah. Or before year 13, I should right. say. And I was like, why would I still do this? And then, you know, Raheem, they named Raheem head coach. And it's like, yeah. I, I can't abandon I can't ship abandon now. this guy. And that's yeah. my guy. And he's my best friend. Yeah. Um, and so played those three years. Now, the dumb decision was the last one. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I mean, should have said no. <laughs> I mean, I... I'm glad I I'm glad I did it. You got to go to safety, man. Right? I'm glad I did it. See the game from a different viewpoint. But I, I I do not mince words when I say this. First meeting. And I dude, I have respect for Greg. I learned a lot under Greg, actually. Yeah. Because it was a different perspective, a different way to see the game, different way seeing defenses and yeah. some of I wasn't hearing Strategically. The, I wasn't hearing the same verbiage and but mm-hmm. like literally, my very first meeting, because I was in Australia. My wife's 40th birthday, and uh, Dominic called me and, you know, basically said, hey, we'll talk when we get back. Really, Greg really wants you. And I'm like, okay, we need you. Okay. <laughs> need you all right, that. all right, we'll talk when I get home. Get home, talk about it. Get to that very first meeting, Greg's first team meeting, and I'm sitting there in the front row where I always sat, and that was just like, I think I got a little bit of buyer's remorse right now. Mm. It's a tough way to start the year. Yeah, it was like, but I went through it, and it was, mm. I was thankful that I had Jeff Halfley, who was my safety coach, yeah, I to too. really coach me through it, and that, and that was a challenge. Like the challenge of it was actually really fun. We had just drafted Mark Barron, right. and sitting there with this young guy. I'm obviously at the very end of my career. He's at the very beginning of his career, yeah. and we're kind of learning something together. It was actually pretty cool. Um, so I enjoyed I enjoyed that year and I I was productive that year. I had four interceptions or whatever and yeah. you know, kinda uh liked doing something different. I talked to Charles about this actually, Charles Woodson, because when he went back to Oakland he changed positions. Yeah. And he was like, It was actually good for me. Like just to see something Keep your different. interest, right? Yeah, yeah. Just to see something stimulate you a little bit. Stimulate you differently. Uh and so I enjoyed it. But I was pretty sure by you know, midway through that year that that was my last time. I was done. So, well, what I was always fascinated covering you was where this confidence comes from. Yeah, and I mean this in a good way. Look, I, everybody in the NFL but doesn't get here by accident. Right. Right? I'm always amazed by people. Well, this guy's softer. This right. guy's. But you're not the biggest guy. No. Not if I meet you on the street. You could probably win a few bar bets. Right. Who's the pro? Who's the pro bowler? Who's the Hall of Famer in this right. room? Right. You'd be taking everybody's money. <laughs> I mean, right and left. Exactly. And the thing I didn't get, like, I would watch you take down these behemoths, and you always said, "Well, I, I have a plan before I do it because right. I'm not, you know, I'm not an idiot." Right. I would tell anybody that the most confident player I've ever seen, yeah. the, the cocky, name what you want, right. was Ronnie. No one could convince him he couldn't do anything right. on said, a football field. Derek says the same things. He's like, you're so humble. <laughs> yeah. My upbringing, I was always good at everything. Yeah. Um, but the only thing I wasn't really good at was, like, being a nerd, because Tiki <laughs> was, like, a nerd. And I was like, I'm not smart as Tiki, but... Um, <laughs> Everything I attempted to do, I was somehow successful. And it's probably because I become obsessed with it. 
okay. Like, so you want to, you, when you're interested, you're all in, you want to know everything right. about it. You're right. right. And that so guy. it's like my friends now be like, like talking about golf, for instance, yeah. like yeah. you're too obsessed with it, man. Like you, you're searching for perfection. And is it translated to football? Me searching for perfection made me really detail oriented guy mm-hmm. that studied, mm-hmm. that was prepared. Yeah. And so, um, I'll give you a perfect example of this. So, uh, I get into the Hall of Fame, and I'm referencing my friends a lot, but my buddy Brian's daughter, he's, she's nine years old, and she's watching, she's into football now. She, he played football at Penn State, but his daughter is like watching my, the highlights of, you know, of, you, of you playing. My, yeah. my career. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, You make this look really easy. Like, the ball just comes to you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I was like, I did. I was like, yeah, because there wasn't ever a game or play or situation on football where I didn't know it was coming. And if I was wrong, I was wrong. But a lot of times I was right. So a lot of the plays you see me make, if you go back and look at my plays, right. they look easy. Yeah. It's like, how it does look, look like the ball's finding Like, you're like, why is the ball always where he is? Where he is. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's not by accident. <laughs> so that preparation and that just obsessive attention to detail right. made me overly confident. And it just never, it never left me. I was like that in college as well. Mm-hmm. My, my college coach, Art Marcos, he was really big on details and mm-hmm. let's study what these guys are going to do. You get this situation, bam, you expect this. And so when I get to Tampa, especially, not really with Herm, but when Mike T and Raheem mm-hmm. and this, it cascaded into Jimmy Lake, yeah. like we would go into into meetings, and you can ask any, any of our, anybody in our room this. We had premium ops. Like, you're going to get a premium op. This is, I mean, when they do this. When they do this, you better pick the ball off or it's a miss op. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. not like, oh, yeah. I fell into an interception. It's coming. It's like, this is coming. Take it. And I did that a lot. <laughs> a lot. So, like, so my obsession with prep, like, people are like, oh, he's always in his meeting rooms. Like, no, nah, I was looking for premium opportunities. But if you, I you, were in, you found them on film, though, right? Right, found them on film. How did you learn to watch film in, in a way that would create those? Um, it's just experience? Because some guys can stare at a screen all day and not see a clip. Right. So it started with me uh, my first year here um, yeah. practicing a lot because I wasn't playing. Yeah. Right. I wasn't really in the game prep mode. Like they, were, they weren't game prepping me to play. Yeah. So I watched a lot of film of myself. Okay. Of your practice film. Of myself pl- practicing. So like scout squad, basically. Scout squad. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Running against yeah. the Trent Dilfer, whoever yeah. the yeah. Court, quarterbacks were. Yeah. And learning the technique. What? How was this technique? How can I perfect this technique? How can I perfect cover two yeah. so I can do my job and still go take a premium out. And so I did that all that first year, all the second year. And then when I got my opportunity in 98, when Anthony Parker got hurt, yeah, like technique was not, it was off the table. Like it never, I didn't even think about it anymore. Yeah. You like, had drilled that. Down. I'd already drilled it in. I knew how to pedal. I knew how to shuffle reroute. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't really have that tackling plan yet cause I hadn't played enough. Yeah. But you know, eventually that came to life. And then Mike T got here in 2001 and blew that out of the water, like times it by a hundred. Really? Right. And we started doing these EDD drills, these everyday drills, running down the red line, 
putting yourself in position, practicing putting yourself in position to make every type of play you have to make. And then add that on top of the prep that I was already doing, and it was just like, boom. Shout out. There was a rocket. There was no, hey, you didn't play, but now, boom. Right, <laughs> like, right. Wait a minute. I was in the airport yesterday coming back from an autograph show with uh, with uh, Gary Sheffield. And we were talking about, we were kind of saying the same thing. Like, yeah. He was like an all-star for four decades or something, right? And he's like, I had this mental prep about getting ready for a game that nobody ever talks about, but that's what made me great. And I was like, well, that's what made me great. Mm. Like, wasn't physical. Mm. Obviously, physically talented. I mean, yeah. I could move. I got... Like I got elite short short space quickness and stuff, but right. like I wasn't the fastest. I was definitely wasn't the biggest. I didn't have the longest arms. Right. Um, but I was confident because I knew I was gonna, always going to be in the right place at the right time. Were you ever afraid on a football field? No. No. I'm not afraid of anything. That's my my daughter's always like, "Are you afraid of anything?" I was like, "What's the point of being afraid? Height." You're not going to jump out of an airplane. 13 years old, went up into, maybe 12 years old, went up into the Washington Monument and looked down. And it was the first time I, I knew that heights are not Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. So that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, from 30,000 feet, your career looks pretty good. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, we got part two of Ronnie Barber coming up tomorrow, but uh, already this is the start of the National Football League. Bum, 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 bum. We got the Hall of Fame game. It's the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers against sort of the home team, I would say, Cleveland Browns. Here we go. Preseason game number one coming to you tonight, uh, and that kicks off the NFL preseason. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Ronnie Barber. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.